Shopify is the all-in-one commerce platform to start, run, and grow your business. And I love it because Shopify gives entrepreneurs the resources that were once reserved for big businesses. So upstarts, startups, and established businesses alike can sell everywhere, synchronize online and in-person sales, and effortlessly stay informed. I don't talk about it a ton, but I have a fishing company. Five years ago, actually five years ago this month, my best friend Aaron and I started a bass fishing weight company called Woo Tungsten because woo is the sound you make when you catch a giant bass. So we sell tungsten weights for bass fishing and Shopify has made it so incredibly easy. They have all the tools and the resources that we need. No matter how big or small your business is, they just make it so effortless. And like mine, Shopify powers over 1.7 million businesses from first sale to full scale. And you can reach customers online and across social networks with their ever-growing suite of channel integrations and apps, including Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Pinterest, and more. And you can gain insights as you grow with detailed reporting of conversion rates, profit margins, and beyond, which is something we use a ton. More than just a store, Shopify grows with you. Go to shopify.com slash bluewire, all lowercase, for a free 14-day trial and get access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Grow your business today with Shopify. Go to shopify.com slash bluewire right now. You'll see exactly what I'm talking about. Shopify.com slash bluewire. What is going on, everyone? This is the Talking Niners podcast on the Blue Wire Hustle Network. I am your host, Kobe Ransom. Joining me, as he always does, is Niner Wire Sam. Sam, the 49ers are now 2-3 and three with three straight losses going into the bye week. How are you feeling on this fine Wednesday afternoon, evening, whatever you want to call it, wherever you are? Well, first of all, I got to say, that intro vid, we got the graphics up. Way to go, Kobe. Everyone who's watching, give Kobe a round of applause for that. Making the podcast look sweet on the YouTube side of it. But I'm doing great on this Wednesday. Cannot complain whatsoever up here in Syracuse, New York. Niners 2-3 and three got some things to fix. Hopefully we can fix that. We're going to talk about what they have to fix. Recapping the game. Going into the bye. Going to be an interesting week for the 49ers to see what they can do. So let's get into it. Let's do it. All right, let's go ahead and jump into this game. First of all, the 49ers played the Arizona Cardinals on Sunday in Arizona, which was their second home for the most part of the 2020 season. So some familiarity there, but nonetheless, it was a road game and the 49ers fell 17 to 10. Cardinals move on to 5-0. Niners are now at 2-3. and Sam, let's start with the game as a whole, and then we'll we'll focus on Trey Lance in a second. But from the overall game, what were your takeaways uh, from the loss on Sunday? Yeah, you know, honestly, I actually think even though we lost this game, we did not score that many points. I think this team played relatively, really well. And we'll start on the defensive side because I think the defense played a phenomenal job. The Cardinals have had one of the most high-powered offenses this year. You look at all the points they've scored. It's been ridiculous. I think they were second to Buffalo. And I think I saw this last week. They were second to Buffalo in the point differential, and Buffalo played Houston 140 nothing. So definitely a high-powered offense. They beat Tennessee like 38 to 6 or something like that. Put 37 up on the Rams. I forget who else they played, but they've been scoring a lot of points this year. To hold them to 17 points is phenomenal. And the big thing, I think, and this is something that the Niners did against Philadelphia with Jalen Hurts. They got a mobile quarterback in Philly, mobile quarterback in Arizona. They were able to handle both Murray and Hurts really well. So now you're seeing this trend of a thing that we struggled significantly with under Robert Sala. Now you got D'Amico Ryan's there. We've been able to handle the mobile quarterbacks a bit well, keeping them in the pocket, making sure the damage is not that uh, not too bad for the 49ers. I really like what I saw from the front seven, making sure they did that. Nick Bosa was out there again, obviously looking great, doing pretty well. I mean, the entire defensive line, DJ Jones, I remember – if I'm being real, I slept through like 20 minutes of the game because I was exhausted. I wake up, DJ Jones gets a sack immediately. Love to see that. So defensive line stepping it up big time. Front seven overall had a phenomenal game. Secondary, 
you know, there's some things to work on right there. I think the big question for me in the secondary is why is Diamondor Lenore not playing? He did phenomenal week one, week two, and we haven't seen him much since then. Preseason as well, did really well. Have not seen Diamondor Lenore since then that much. And I mean, I mean the secondary, I mean, you're covering guys like Rondale Moore, who is an absolute baller of a football player, absolute beast. You have DeAndre Hopkins, who I think is hands down the best wide receiver in football. That's always going to be a tough matchup to cover. But overall, I think the defense did play really well. There were some miscues here and there. I know we had that Rondell more ridiculous catch, as I was kind of touching on a little bit, where, I mean, Dante Johnson, I think, could have covered it well. But overall, Rondell Moore is a beast of a specimen, beast of a human being. So overall, I think the 49ers defense, the secondary, they could have done better, but there's not much you can do when you're going up against Kyler Murray and probably one of the most, if not the most, stacked receiving core in the NFL. So from the defensive side of the ball, I definitely think the 49ers did a pretty decent job. There is definitely room to improve for the 49ers. I know Dawson just commented, this defense can't win with a turnover. I mean, yeah, got to get those turnovers whenever you can. That's also just good offensive play. The last three opponents we played, we played Green Bay, Seattle with Russell Wilson, and the Arizona Cardinals. So all pretty high-powered offenses when you look at that. Now, as for the offensive side of the ball, I think the 49ers did play really well, and I will talk about Trey Lance a bit later. So I think I'm going to let Kobe continue the offense, but overall, I have some things to say about Trey Lance. We can segue into that once Kobe talks, but overall, offense did pretty well. Kobe, you take the floor now. Yeah, defense, I mean, they did about as good as they could have done. I mean, they were playing against the number one offense in the league uh, going into that week, and they only allowed them to 17 points and 300 yards. Defense, once again, not at fault for this game. Defense was outstanding. Um, D'Amico Ryans has been doing, you know, a heck of a job so far through these first five games. Even, you know, the one game that was kind of a, you know, a blip on the radar in, uh, you know, Green Bay, you know, that they still had some moments in that game that were fantastic. You're playing against Aaron Rodgers. Those things kind of happen. Um, you know, the Detroit game, you know, the Verrett injury before then, they were playing very well. So the defense, you know, through these first five games has, has been very good for the 49ers and definitely one of the positives on this season is that the defense has been able to keep up with their top 10 level play. And there isn't really like you, you hit on a lot of the points there, Sam, you know, the defensive line was a fantastic and containing Kyler Murray. He had seven rushes for one yard. You know, that's about the best the Niners have done with a mobile quarterback. And I don't know how long, maybe forever, but I mean, they've done a good job this year overall. I, think but the, that was the I will say, done. I will say last year, week 16, we did handle Kyler Murray really well, but it's never been a consistent pattern. So, I mean, week seven, the week after that, Russell Wilson torched us, I remember. This year, you have yeah. two straight games. Well, not two straight games, but two mobile quarterbacks that you faced. Even the, I would say the defense handled Russell Wilson pretty well, too. No, they did. Yeah, that's, what, that's, that's did. kind of the point I'm making is they really, so far, everyone. Even uh, Jalen Hurts had his moments, you know, in the re-option, but for the most part, they held him in check, too. They've done a really good most job. Most of his yards came off one play. Yeah, most of yeah, in that big run that ended with the uh, Jimmy Ward penalty. Um, in, in week two, but oh no, I was talking about the uh, most sorry, most of Jalen Hurts's passing yards came on that one play to Quez Watkins, yeah. but still, yeah, that most of them came on um, most of his yards came on one or two plays. So, Niners defense, you know, really good so far, but now you focus on the offense, and now we can kind of transition into Trey Lance. The offense was mostly Trey Lance, like this was like Trey Lance, please carry this offense because he had. 281 total yards. The Niners, Niners as a team had 338 yards. So Trey Lance had 200 was responsible for 281 of the Niners 338 yards. That's ridiculous. Like he was basically the entire offense. I, you know, going into this game, you know, you would think they'd run the ball. They did run the ball, but a lot of it with Lance and not with the running backs. Uh, Mitchell was, you know, the leading rusher um, out, you know, not counting Lance with nine rushes, nine carries. You would have thought that maybe you would have given him more touches. Um, Trey Sermon as well. Why didn't he get more touches? Uh, he had a good game against the Seahawks last week, and then he only gets one carry, two snaps uh, in this game. You know, we'll get into some of the personnel decisions by Kyle Shanahan in a second. But for the offense overall, I think Trey Lance handled, him, handled himself well, considering the circumstances. I think he played better than you could have expected considering what he had to do in this game. You know, first play of the game, running for his life, make something out of nothing. Um, numerous times in this game, you know, extending plays and giving the offense a chance, you know, a lot of holding calls, a lot of undisciplined play, 
which you don't really expect from a team with a coach heading into his fifth year with a lot of players who, who have been on this team for some time now. It's just really the execution was, was not there around Trey Lance. Just the offensive line had probably their worst game of the year, uh, especially that right side with McGlinchey and Brunskill. They could not handle J.J. Watt all game long. And there wasn't really much of a – there was a – as far as the play – it's hard to really critique play calling sometimes because there's a lot that goes into it that many of us, you know, will never understand. You know, we're not play callers in that, of that nature. But just the way that they went about, you know, the approach in the game, I don't really understand why Trey Lance was in the gun or in the pistol so many times because he's capable of doing under center things. You know, that was a big reason why we thought the Niners picked Trey Lance because he was used to playing – uh, under center at North Dakota State, but they ran, you know, this more run heavy quarterback kind of offense. Was that by design or was that because of maybe Shanahan getting a little gun shy after Trey threw his first pick? I'm not sure what the cause for that was, but nonetheless, I would have liked for them to run, you know, to do some more, you know, outside the numbers, some bootlegs, just some things to get Trey in the move, some more read option instead of quarterback power, where you kind of involve the running back in the play as well and allow Trey to get to the outside where he can protect himself more than rather than running right up, right up the middle through the guards and getting hit by, you know, defensive linemen and linebackers and then leading the, you know, almost doubling the carries of the next highest running back, obviously him at 16 rushes and, and then Mitchell at nine, you would like to see the running backs get more carries as well. You just would like to see an, an effort to really help Trey Lance more in this game. I feel like there was a lot on his plate for it being his first start, which, you know, seeing the approach the Niners have taken to this point, you know, and Shanahan saying that, you know, Lance isn't exactly ready to take, you know, the job from Jimmy Garoppolo. He sure did put a lot on, you know, the plate of Trey Lance in this game, considering that was his feeling going in, if it truly was. But nonetheless, I think he had a good first game. I think there was a lot to build on. There was a lot of good plays to throw uh, to Debo late in that game. He was on the move and he throws a, just a almost a perfect ball, you know, that Debo snags. Um, that that played to a IU. He had a couple a couple of throws that were just in you know perfect location as far as you know ball um, placement, you know allowing his receivers to make plays. But I was encouraged. I think there's a lot to like from that first game, and I think he definitely looks looks like a guy who needs to be taking the snap from here on out as a starting quarterback. Yeah, absolutely. I think Trey Lance. I mean, he from what I saw, he looked really comfortable out there. I know there's been this narrative that he's not ready yet. He looked pretty much ready during the game. I thought Trey Lance had a phenomenal job. Can he improve? Obviously, it's his first start. And he's going up against defense with, as you said, J.J. Watt terrorized the offensive line. And speaking of the offensive line, I mean, the holding penalties on the offensive line cost us this game. I know people. we're, we're going to talk about Kyle Shannon later. Kyle Shannon, a lot of people are saying, was responsible for this game being blown and being lost. I think the offensive line and the holding penalties that they committed there really killed this game because you that was – we had one drive, I remember. It was just like, we're making progress. We're making progress. Holding 10 yards back. Okay, let's make more progress. Holding 10 yards back. Just a continuous repetition of that. There were too many holding penalties. And J.J. Watt and um, Zach Allen is the other guy. Those two those two guys did very well against us. And I think that the 49ers need to step it up on the offensive line. I would th- I think they were both on the right side lining up. Because J.J., it was weird how they were lining it up. They were running like, I mean, they were running a 3-4. But J.J. Watt was playing on the inside a lot of the time whereas Zach Allen was on the outside from what I can remember. So overall, I think the the right side of the offensive line for the 49ers has to step it up. Brunskill and Dan, um, and not uh, Mike McGlinchey. Sorry, I don't know why I was blinking out on that. But those two guys need to step it up. The left side of the offensive line, Trent Williams did a phenomenal job against Chandler Jones. Props to him. That was probably my biggest concern of the game. And he ended them pretty well. So overall, nice job by Trent Williams to handle Chandler Jones. Now, back to Lance. I mean, as I said, he looked comfortable. The pocket presence is my thing for Trey Lance, That where he really stood out. That is something that Jimmy Garoppolo does not have. His pocket presence was phenomenal. He could run out if he needed to. And kind of kind of as you said, Kobe, there was too many, there were too many run plays, in my opinion, for Trey Lance. And I mean, if that's what they want to go with, go ahead, but they just need to execute it better because it seems like they're not getting far with just running the ball with Trey Lance. They have not been all year. Trey Lance is a quarterback, not a running back. We drafted him third overall. No one drafts a running back third overall unless you're the New York Giants or the Cleveland Browns and you're taking guys who both look like busts at this point. One is a bust, one looks like a bust. So, I mean, it's that simple. And, I mean, Trey Lance, I think he, he can improve, I think. Yeah, absolutely. I think you just got to make sure that he's throwing the ball a bit more, 
getting guys open. The protection needs to be a bit, a bit better. So overall, the supporting cast for Trey Lance wasn't really there. And adding on to that supporting cast point, the receivers are the other reason why I think the 49ers lost this game. We had way too many drops. I know Debo Samuel, he had that touchdown. Get Lance gave him a nice ball late in the game, but he had too many drops. That One too many drops. That's two. You cannot have that. That's exactly how we lost that Seahawks Monday night game two years ago. Crucial game to stay undefeated. The receivers kept dropping the bag, dropping the ball, all that stuff. and. We lost because of that. You cannot have that happen. And speaking of receivers, did you see what I'm assuming, Kobe? You saw what John Lynch had to say about Brandon Ayuk today, right? Or is yeah, that we'll yesterday? We'll get to that in a second. We'll get to that. We'll get to that in a sec. But I mean, why? What are we seeing? What are we not seeing that the 49ers are seeing in Brandon Ayuk? Because if the four, if the receivers are dropping the ball and Brandon Ayuk's not on the field, then something's wrong. So, in my opinion, the 49ers have to get Brandon Ayuk on the field if he's looking good to go. If if there's something seriously wrong with him, then take him off the field. I don't really know, but I don't see what the 49ers are seeing in Brandon Ayuk. He looked good out there for the few snaps he got. So hoping he can see a bit more action later down the line. Yeah. It seems as if this team, you know, wasn't ready to play with Trey Lance, you know, for the most part. And some of that is understandable. Um, I think Joe Staley touched on it a bit in the, in the post game that, you know, you make a change like this at quarterback and you have a guy who, like Jimmy Garoppolo, gets the ball out quick. He doesn't move a whole lot um, as far as in the pocket. And then you have a guy like Trey Lance who is able to, you know, extend these plays and really able to move around the pocket, you know, and able to, you know, get out to the edge. You know, unlike Garoppolo, I think it's an adjustment for the linemen. And maybe that was a cause for why there were so many holding calls and, and just things of that nature. And then the receivers as well. There were times where, you know, Lance would extend the play and he's looking downfield and no one's open. So I think the, these receivers have to get better in the scramble drill as well. It just felt as if this team wasn't ready to play with Lance as the quarterback. And uh, Dawson's comment here, I'm still pushing that Mike McDaniel should get some blame for this offense. He's like the other only other guy that has a say in this offense. Yeah, I don't even know how much he does. For the most part, I know Shanahan is a play caller. Uh, I, I think he helps with like some of the game playing probably. As far as run game stuff, he's you know he's a run game specialist. Uh, I know he's the offensive coordinator, you know in you know in term, you know in in job description. But I don't know how much we say he really does. But you know in that case, you really just kind of point to the head coach as as to like, hey, you know, figure it out kind of thing. But you know, back to what I was saying, it really just didn't feel like this team was used to playing with Lance out there, and a lot of that is because of you know going into training camp, you know, not a lot of first team reps for Lance. Um, just not many reps for him in practice, you know, with the, with the ones and overall he's been playing on the scout team and not really running this offense. And this team has been running this offense with him and the offense, you know, speaking on it looked drastically different than obviously, and obviously Trey Lance is a different quarterback, but for the most part, we saw things ran that we never saw, you know, in, in this system. And I, you know, I felt like there would be some things that like Lance would like be able to, perform better on what Shanahan was already calling because he's, you know, has the arm and maybe they could, you know, stretch the field a bit more and go deep. And it seemed like they wouldn't tell just this pistol, you know, run heavy offense kind of thing. And I know running the ball is, is, you know, a staple in Shanahan's scheme, but the way they went about it was not what I expected. Um, Will it continue to be that way? If Lance continues to play, maybe not, but the approach as far as, you know, nine design runs and most of them were just quarterback powers right up the middle um to, to the weak side of the line you know so to speak with mcglinchy and brunskill getting beat you know throughout that game uh overall just just the approach was questionable to me and the players around didn't play a whole lot better either um you know the drop passes the holding calls you know just the right side allowing pressure you know so many times but mcglinchy had his worst game of the season Overall, just Trey Lance did what he could out there. Um, it's a lot to build on. Obviously, not perfect. You know, the, there's some inac- you know the interception on the first drive, um, some inaccurate passes. You know, some passes got batted down. Um, some of that may be because he was staring down receivers, or maybe he just wasn't able to, um, you know, be able to fool a defense with his eyes, which is things that he'll get better at over time. But he played. He did enough to win this game. And I think the people around him on offense didn't give him a whole lot of help. Yeah, I mean, I think Trey Lance definitely should. I mean, the 49ers, I think, should have won this game. It was just those small little mental errors 
the holding penalties, I think, really are the mental errors. Physical errors drops. I mean, even though I, I think the mental errors, just from a sports standpoint, mental errors, like holding penalties are a lot more costly than the drops. So at the end of the day, I think you can put more blame on that. But I want to bring up the Mike McDaniel point. He was the run game coordinator before, as you said, Kobe. Maybe that's why we're running the ball so much. And yeah, I think you definitely have to put some blame on him. No one's really talking about that, but that's a great point because he has to say this offense too. There's no, if he didn't have it, if, if we put all the blame on Kyle Shannon and not Mike McDaniel, then I mean, it doesn't really make sense because both guys have a say in the offense. If Kyle Shannon should be the offensive coordinator. If we're not going to blame Mike McDaniel and see what he's doing. So overall, I definitely think that the 49ers, I mean, the offensive play calling, Maybe they just got to get used to Trey Lance a bit more. I know it's I know it's new, but you should you should have a game plan for Trey Lance when he comes in the game because I mean, at this point we all know that he's going to start at some point this year full time when Garoppolo's healthy. He started this week because he was hurt. I know John Lynch said today that this is still Jimmy Garoppolo's team on KBR as well in that same Ayuk interview. So I think you have to look at this team and say Trey Lance. I mean, he's you have to have a game plan for Trey Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo and. Going in the future, you have to have the guy starting who's going to help this team win more. Personally, for me, and I think for most people, that's Trey Lance. He played phenomenally on Sunday for where he's at right now. But overall, I definitely think the 49ers, something in the offense needs to change with the play calling and all that. There's a lot of little things that got to change with that. Yeah. All right. Let's start looking at the bigger picture of this start. And let's kind of get into just what exactly – is the biggest reason this Niner team is two and three at the break because, you know, obviously going into this season, you know, I don't think I gave a real prediction, but I can tell you I did not think two and three at the bye week was going to be what we were going to have to discuss going into, you know, week six. So I'll start with you, Sam. Where is this team really falling short the most uh, through these first five games? Well, I'll just start off with my prediction for the 49ers going into the bye at the beginning of the season was three and two. The only thing I had wrong was that I had us beating Seattle instead of losing to them. So, I mean, it's one less game, two and three and three and two at this point of the season. It seems like a pretty drastic drop. And considering our only wins are against the Eagles and the Lions, that's not that's not saying much. And those two teams gave us a challenge too. So that's really not saying much. I think the things that have to change, I mean, there's a lot that has to change. In my opinion, I think we're getting too cute and conservative with play calling and just play on the field in general. I think right now, you this is still a team that runs the ball on third and 10. Come on. You cannot. I, I still like I know Shanahan does this all the time. I, I, I'm not. I mean, this is coming from someone who never played football in his life, but I don't understand why you're running the ball on a third and 10. It makes no sense or a third and long, I should say. Is it because you just want to make sure they punt it? Is it because it's too risky? You have to take risks in football if you're going to win. I mean, look at all the great Super Bowl teams. They've all taken massive risks, and they still win the Super Bowl. It, you have to take risks if you're this, if you're a team like the San Francisco 49ers going for a Super Bowl. Too cute. I mean, we saw that with the we saw that with the Lions game. Saw that a bit with the Eagles game, the Packers game. I mean, at the end of the day, I think it was meant more the Eagles and Lions game. Those are the games you win. But still, I definitely think we're a bit too cute and too conservative. That's really it. I think also you look at the teams that we lost to. You you lost to Green Bay. That They have one of the best teams in the NFC. Arizona is the best team in football right now. Seattle could have done better against. Their offense is pretty good. And the defense, I mean, it was our offense that really could not handle it. That was The Seattle game was probably our worst loss so far this season. And I think the other reason kind of on that Seattle loss as to one of the reasons why we lost to Seattle is the first half performance of Jimmy Garoppolo. And Jimmy Garoppolo's performance against Green Bay wasn't good either. So I think Jimmy Garoppolo is a, definitely a big reason why we're losing. And that's why I think Trey Lance is going to give us the best shot to win. And I mean, I wish I wish he won Sunday, but I mean, Arizona's a good team. I can't complain too much. He did pretty well. That's a loss I had written down, penciled in. I thought we were going to lose that game. So at the end of the day, I think it's just a lot of small things that need a I mean, you got to accumulate those together. And even the Arizona game, I mean, it's it's really a different thing for every game. Yeah, you, you start off 2-0. and Week three, I think it's, I mean, week four is the offense, obviously. Week three is kind of, it's it's an abundance of things, I would say. Week three, again, more offense. You did, they played, they did play pretty well. A bit, a, a bit of a slow start, too. That's the big thing that we've been really struggling with recently as well. Um, actually, we didn't really struggle with that against Seattle. We, Arizona, we got kind of a slow start. And Green Bay, we got kind of a slow start. 
So I think those slow starts are not good. And then, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, I definitely think there's just a ton of small things that the Niners need to fix up. And Arizona, as I said, holding mental errors, physical errors, can't drop the ball that much. So at the end of the day, yeah, just a ton of small things, different each game. But I think that those are really the reasons why we're losing, to highlight just a few. Yeah, the biggest thing to me is that on offense, this team doesn't have an identity right now. And some of that is because of the fact that they have two quarterbacks and right now they haven't really committed. And I know they kind of technically committed to Jimmy Garoppolo, but it doesn't really feel like it. Um, This team has no identity on offense. They have no go-to. They have no flow, no rhythm, nothing really to build on. It's It feels so random and sporadic and just without purpose. I don't know. It's hard to explain, but I think people who – obviously have watched this team and watched this offense know that something really just is just missing um, overall, just from that, from that perspective. And, you know, like you said, there's always been a couple of things in games here or there that have cost this team to win, but it's funny because, you know, we kind of backed off early, you know, those first two games, uh, you know, the Lions and the Eagles were like, you know, it's early, you know, maybe these aren't red flags. Maybe these are, these are just kind of, uh, just things that happen early on in the season, but you know, we had concerns about secondary depth and that cost them the green Bay game. We had concerns about the offense starting slow. They have been starting slow pretty much every week, uh, you know, since that Eagles game. And, you know, we had concerns about some of the play calling and the play calling, some of the decision-making and scenarios has also cost this team. And just, you know, just going back to some of these decisions, the the Packers game, not going forward, um, you know, in the, on that fourth and, and two or fourth and one at the 50. And, you know, they don't take a chance there to extend that drive. The Seattle game, choosing to uh, kick field goals with your punter and, and not go for it in those scenarios, maybe cost you some points that could have kept this offense on the field and maybe capitalized on your defense having five straight three and outs. And then in the Arizona game, just some of these just execution issues and some of these just mishaps and, you know, drops. And it's, it's a lot of self-inflicted wounds with this team. And while it's on the players for sure, because they're the ones who are out there playing the game, it's also on the coaches for not having this team prepared in a manner so that these things don't take place, so that these things don't happen throughout the course of the game in key moments. And, that's really what's been happening. And so you really look towards the coaching staff and you start to wonder just, you know, how things in the locker room are and what, what's the vibe, you know, with this team. And you feel like it's maybe a little off because of what has transpired to this point with the two quarterbacks. You have to imagine that, you know, and obviously injuries are, are part of it too, because they've been with, they're without killer right now. They're without Verrett. They're without Mostert without Dre Greenlaw, all these guys, and really defense is fine, you know, for the most part of the season, but on offense, you know, they're missing those guys. And obviously we don't know what's going on with Ayuk. We'll get to that in a second, but there's, there's so many miscues and it's like, the, you know, and just talking about, you know, just the distraction that may have been keeping, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo around and then bringing in Trey Lance and like just doing, and then discussing the two quarterback system and, and having them both play in that Raiders game and both swap out uh, in practice and, and, you know, in, in those kind of spurts. And then maybe just that distraction and just the fact that there really is no commitment to either guy at the moment. It makes things tough for this offense as a whole because they don't know what to really expect and, you know, don't have a group they can really improve upon. Um Just, you know, week in and week out, there's always a change somewhere. Uh The personnel groupings, you know, Sermon, you know, they put so much capital into him and they don't really use him much. Uh, the only time he played was when there was no one else to play. <laughs> That's the only time Sermon really plays. And, um, you know, Ayuk is, is not getting targeted. I mean, even he's been out there recently, but he's not getting targeted. Nothing really his way. Uh, you're playing guys like Travis Benjamin and Mohamed Sanu over him. You're playing – you're not playing Sherfield anymore. And Sherfield was a camp standout. And they were talking him up this whole time. And now he really gets on the field. You know, what's going on there? A lot of this just falls on the coaching and the offense, you know, through these first five games. Defense hasn't lost him any of these games. 
And even if you want to say the Green Bay game, I don't personally, there were a lot of offensive mistakes too, where they, the defense kept them in the game for the most part, because it was only 17 um, (laughs) nothing before the Niners scored their first touchdown. It could have been a lot worse. So offense and just, you know, just offensive discipline and execution hasn't been there. And you have to imagine some of that is because of the two quarterbacks on this roster and having no real plan and no commitment with either guy. And you have to imagine that at some point that's affecting these players and and, and the way they go out on Sundays. And I think that's where the biggest problem lies and why this team has fallen short through five games. They got a chance to fix this. This team doesn't have a talent issue. It's not like they just can't hang with the teams they're losing to. They've been in all of these games. It's just that, they have to have a unified plan going forward, and you just hope that this bye week helps them figure it out because it still sounds like there's still indecision at who to play a quarterback, and that's not going to help anything until you find a guy you're going to go with the rest of the season. Exactly. I think that's really – I mean, the locker room situation right now, I don't know the ins and outs of the locker room, obviously, but just from what I I would assume, I would assume it's a bit messy with the whole quarterback situation – there's no really plan going forward for the 49ers is what it's it's feeling like. It's like Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be the starter, but the backup quarterback's playing better than him. That doesn't make much sense. And I think a lot of this has to fall on Kyle Shanahan. I mean, Kyle Shanahan throughout the year has done – I'm going to be completely real. Kyle Shanahan has done a terrible job coaching this team this year. Like, there is – I mean, he's had some ups, had some downs, but overall the play calling's not good. He's not managing the game very well. He's not playing the right player. I mean, I'm not going to say he's not playing the right players. He probably knows stuff that we don't. But his play, the players that he's playing and putting in the game are interesting. I mean, you see a guy like Trent Sherfield, as you said, do so well during the preseason and like get literally no snaps last game. You see a guy like Trey Sermon, their third-round pick, not get any snaps. They you traded see, up for. Like, you traded, traded up for. Get Sermon on this team and you don't use him. You passed on... Asante Samuel Jr., Aziz Ojolari, and Rondell Moore, all three players who are having phenomenal rookie seasons for a guy who's been inactive five straight weeks. You passed on – you could have traded up to get a guy like Afanu Melifanwu, who's been doing pretty well for the Lions so far, but instead you signed your ass and took Ambry Thomas with the pick after. Like, come on. You have to do better than this, Kyle. I mean, you have to get your rookies out there. Thank God that we've – and I, I was going to say, thank God we hit on Diamondo Lenore. Diamondo Lenore's not even out there. Neither is Talno Hufanga. The only two players that the only player that is playing is our sixth round pick. That is terrible. You cannot have that happen if you're Kyle Shanahan. And the unfortunate part about this, I mean, Kyle Shanahan, I mean, he's done such a terrible job this year. And I'm not here to defend Kyle Shanahan whatsoever, but he has to stay because Trey Lance, there's a plan with Trey Lance that Kyle Shanahan has, and he's not able to execute it right now because I mean he could he should be executing it right now. Like, what are you doing? Put Trey Lance in the game. I, I don't understand what. What I've seen on the TV, and yeah, what I've seen on the TV, what I've heard from people who have been at practice, what I've heard from 49ers insiders, it seems like Trey Lance is the guy. He's ready to go. But meanwhile, Kyle Shannon's just sitting on his ass like, nope, Jimmy Garoppolo's our guy, and he's our guy because he played football before. Like what? Come on. You have to you have to step it up. Take those risks. You're getting too cute and too conservative right now, and that's been the entire problem. And Kyle Shannon. He's just been known for being conservative. The whole 28-3 thing played very conservatively. I mean, ever since that, the Super Bowl, our Super Bowl, Super Bowl 54, very conservative. You have to step it up. You have to be a risk taker or else you should be gone. It's that simple. And Kyle Shannon, I mean, four. this is a fifth season with the 49ers. He has a losing record right now. He's had one winning record, and that was the Super Bowl, and that was it. You went 6-10. and 10, You went 4-12. and 12, and you went six and ten, and now you're two and three. That is not good. That you, those coaches usually get fired for that. And now we're here. Kyle Shannon's back, and we're he's going to have to stay in 2022. But if he's if he keeps this up, Kyle Shannon should be gone by 2022. It's that simple. And I sorry, I just one last thing. I know I'm getting like way ahead of myself right now, but I have to let this out. I mean, Kyle Shannon's did an absolutely terrible job this year. Yeah, I mean, the team is two and three, and that kind of starts at the top. And the top right now is Kyle Shanahan. There's things that he needs to improve upon. But a lot of, a lot of this, like I said, is self-inflicted wounds. And now let's hop into Brendan Ayuk. That's another, you know, big question mark is why hasn't Ayuk been utilized? Like, 
he's been out there. You know, I, I see him out there, you know, quite a bit, but there's been no real plan to get the ball in his hands at all. And there was a big plan to get the ball in his hands last year. I understand part of that was because of Debo Samuel and Kittle being hurt. But at the same time, we saw so many plays, touch passes, screens, end arounds, and just things of that nature, slants, just getting the ball in his hands and letting him go. We saw a bunch of that last year. Why don't we see any of that now? And we were, we're getting these just like comments like, oh, he's got to take the next step or he just hasn't, you know, developed the way we what's the quote? Um, hang on, I'm sure I can find it. But it was it, it was said recently. Um, can I just say something while you find that quote that I kind of just realized? So let's look at the three offensive players that have just have look good in camp have had high expectations and I'm not getting are just not getting snaps. Those are Brent Ayuk, Trey Sermon and Trent Sherfield. And what happened once all those guys got first team reps, who was the quarterback for that? Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo has not looked good this year. And I wonder if Jimmy Garoppolo is making those guys not look good this year as well. And if the 49ers, if the 49ers think that Jimmy Garoppolo is not the re- if, I mean, I, I don't know what's going on in practice, obviously, but those are three guys that it, it's mainly Sherfield. Sherfield's was working with Lance, looked phenomenal, now gets the first team reps and starts losing snaps with Garoppolo. So it could be a Garoppolo thing, now that I think of it, that the 49ers, uh, as to why the 49ers, I mean, it's a bit no, of a reach. If there, was a, saying, if there was a game to play Trent Sherfield, it would have been this game with Lance because I, I thought. I actually thought that he might get more snaps because he was he had a rapport, but he had a connection with Trey Lance throughout the entire training camp, and he didn't get any snaps. So that's not the reason either. It's just Kyle's not playing these guys. Uh, so the quote was um, from John Lynch today on KMBR. He hasn't made the strides we expect him to. What strides? I, I don't know what exactly. And it has to be something that's not on the field. Because on the field, when he, when he gets his few opportunities, he looks good. And – Right now, this team is two and three. Offensively, they're getting yards, but they're not scoring. You need to get your hand, get the ball into the hands of your playmakers. Like so many, it just feels. I feel like it shouldn't be this difficult. Like you got, like I know Debo. Debo's been the only weapon really that they've tried to get the ball to, and you have more on this offense than just Debo. Like Ayuk is a baller. <laughs> like we, every time he makes a play. The one-handed catch while holding off a defender with, with his left hand, like with his right arm, and he catches one hand with his left hand, and then gets 15 more yards afterwards to get a first down on second and 25. Uh, on third and six, the the dime that he catches, like the you know with with a defender all over him, you know on the sideline, he makes a tough catch for a first down on third down. Like he's out here making plays in the few opportunities he gets, but why is he more of a focal point in the offense when you're when you're struggling so much on offense, like? It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And if it's something in practice or maybe just a, a, a behavioral issue, or can you can we find another way to go about this? Because hindering the offense by not getting him the ball in the games is not helping this team right now. And there comes a point in time where you might have to put your personal differences aside so you can win a football game. And it seems like they're not doing that. Whatever the issue is, whatever they're not pleased with from Brendan Ayuk is getting in the way of winning football games right now because he's not getting <laughs> the ball and they're not giving him chances to make plays in the games when when he does get a chance every once in a while, he makes a good play. And it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. He, he's just one of the bigger players, you know, right now that you just assume like we just assumed that he was going to take take us you know a step, you know a, a step up this year, and he was going to be the go to guy in this offense. And you know, luckily, you know, Debo has been fantastic this year as well. But Ayuk was like wide receiver one potential is what we saw last year, and he definitely has not regressed in any way because on the field he looks like the same guy. They're just not giving him the opportunities to make plays, and there isn't really a good reason for why. Yeah, and I mean, I'm just like Brandon Ayuk. We traded up for him last year, and first round pick. I'm he was a first round pick. Yeah, you trade up for a first round pick. You gave up a lot to trade up too, a fourth and a fifth. 
to move up six spots is a decent amount considering what the value was in that draft. That's a pretty decent amount. And I'm just, I was, while you were talking, I was looking at some of the other players the 49ers have traded up for. Starting in 2017, we're starting with the Lynn Shanahan era. I got to the, I got to the end of the 2018 draft. I didn't have time to go into 2019, 2020. But looking at who we've traded up for, you got Ruben Foster, CJ Beathard, Joe Williams, Dante Pettis. The, just to start off with those four. Those four have been like just not good 49ers players. And then you have Contavious Street. That's one guy you hit on. 2019, if I can remember, I don't know who we trade up for that draft. I don't, we might not even made a trade that draft, but um, I will say Caden Smith. I mean, cutting him was not that good. I don't know if we trade up for him, but that's besides the point. 2020, Brennan Ayuk, you trade up for him. He should get more time. Like you know, Ayuk was we, the guy that Kyle wanted. Like he's like, they even said if Kinlaw wasn't there at 13, they're, they're going to take Ayuk at 13 or 12, whatever pick they had. Originally. And I'll just, I'm just going to put this out there. Even the players knew that they were trading up for Ayuk. Like I, 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 a player told, I'm going to, a 49ers player told me specifically that at 13, at 13, if Brandon Ayuk was there at 13, the 49ers were going to take him. Like they knew how much Kyle Shannon loved Brandon Ayuk going into the draft. It was no secret. Reading off some of the the targets and catches, Ayuk has less catches than Kyle Juszczyk, who's a fullback, and less targets. He has less targets than Muhammad Sanu, who was brought in to be your wide receiver three. Like, in no world, like, there's a 37 target difference between him and Samuel. And Ayuk's your second best guy, at the least. Like, why are we not trying to get the ball in this man's hands? It doesn't make a whole... And then, it's not like you're still winning games or somebody else has stepped up and took his spot. No, like, they need some help on the outside. And they need someone to help this offense out. And Kyle isn't making an emphasis to get him the ball. And you can argue... That, that might be a big factor in some of their two and some of their three straight losses. The fact that they haven't been able to, to move the ball, you know, consistently enough and score. And if maybe they got the ball in Ayuk's hands more often, maybe they would score more often and maybe win some of these games. So I I don't it's it's frustrating because this is supposed to be the year that Ayuk took the leap. This offense we thought had enough to be one of the best offenses in the league. And right now they're like middle of the pack. Like Lamar Jackson by himself has more yards than this entire 49ers offense. That does not make sense to me when Kyle Shanahan is your head coach and you have all these guys that Shanahan has handpicked to be on this roster and he still cannot find a way to move the ball consistently and score points. Like Lamar Jackson by himself, one player is responsible for more yards than the 49ers as a team. That should not happen. When you're in year five yeah. and you're an offensive play caller, you're supposed to be the offensive genius, and you cannot have more yards as an offense in one player. And and Lamar Jackson is special. I understand. Like he's a special player. He's one of the best quarterbacks in the entire league. But at the same time, this supposed to be one of the better offenses in the league, and they have less yards than one player. Unbelievable. Yeah. I, I don't get it. I, I really just do not get it with this whole situation. And I mean, you you it's just gotta like, utilize I'm that. Sorry to, I'm sorry, but they're not even no. Go ahead. Good defenses, not, like they played Green Bay, not a good defense. They played Seattle, one of the worst defenses in the entire league, and then they played Arizona, who were missing their the two se- starting corners. And, Can I just say the Seattle defense even, locked us up? We did not do well yeah, against the, like, the worst defense in football. And Arizona even, was without their two starting corners, and their rush defense was suspect, and they still could not find a way to score points. It. I don't know. I don't know. I'm lost. I don't get it, man. It's just like th- this team needs to figure it out. I mean, it's it's that simple. You have so much talent on the team and you're not utilizing it. You have you're using your worst quarterback. Your worst quarterback. Not not the worst quarterback, obviously, but the your second, I'll say your second best quarterback. We'll leave it at that. Using your second best quarterback instead of your best quarterback. You're using Mohamed Sanu instead of your first-round pick last year. You're using Elijah Mitchell over Trey Sermon, which I actually can understand. I think Elijah Mitchell, when he's been on the field, he has looked a bit better than Trey Sermon. But at the same time, but Trey Sermon was a third-round pick that, and Elijah though. Mitchell was a sixth-round pick. That you traded up for. Not even just not even like, first exactly. of all, like, taking running backs that high is like they got to be really good. And not, even, not only did you just take him that high, you traded up to get that high to take him 
and you still don't use them. Like that, that's a bad pick. If and if I'm, I feel like people are just out. people in the 49ers organization are going to say that Raheem Moster is the reason why this 49ers run game is not that good. You cannot make excuses like that. You you know what? He got hurt. So be it. You should have depth behind that. Jason Breck isn't got that hurt. why you drafted two so, backs though? Like, isn't that why you exactly. drafted two backs? Because you feared that he might not be here the whole season, so you had to address that. And the guys that you choose to address that with, you, you can't get it done with them. Like that's also like that's like something that you plan for, and you still can't get it done even with that plan. Exactly, and I even Jason Verrett. Jason Verrett got hurt. So be it. You have no depth behind Jason Verrett. You have Emmanuel Mosley. He's a starting cornerback. Who else do you have? Down with the roller. Oh, wait. Nope. I'm sorry. We don't want to play him. We're going to go with old it, faithful Dante Johnson. As soon as Red got hurt, they start calling veterans. Like they just like normally that's where you expect the guys you drafted to step up and be able to play. Lenore is now on the bench for whatever reason. And Amber Thomas has been not very good. At any point, and I'll, can I know, just make a season. point about Ambry Thomas real quick that I've been saying on Twitter a lot? Ambry Thomas was supposed to be a raw prospect, and to take him round three, and to take him round three, you should be able to put him on the field somewhat. The fact that you're not putting him on the field at all, I mean, I'm sorry, let me the fact you're not putting your first four picks on the field, your first four picks on the field. Day one and two picks. You're not putting them on the field. You're in a win now situation. What are you doing? Seriously. Like if you're not putting your first four picks on the field, you already just screwed the entire draft for yourself. I don't care how well the fifth round picks, the sixth round picks do. You just screwed the entire draft for yourself. If your first four picks are not going to play your entire season, it does not make any sense. You have to get those guys on the field. And if you're, if you miss then, then too bad. You should not have a job. It's that simple. But I'm not blaming just Kyle Shannon. John Lynch has a ton of responsibility for that. I mean, everyone has to step it up. I just saw Grant tweet out, uh, wh- whatever the IU tweet was, he hasn't made the strides that we need him to see. Grant Cohn, neither of you, John. He hasn't. You have to make sure you hit on those picks if you're in a win-now mode. And the fact that none of those are playing means you already screwed up your entire draft. I mean... <sighs> They drafted Aaron Banks, a guy who they knew didn't fit their scheme at the time. They're hoping to convert him into a guy who fits their scheme. Hasn't worked. So they're he's a healthy scratch. Ambry Thomas, you know, sat, you know, uh didn't play for a year. And you bring him in, and all of a sudden he's just not uh, you know, panning out the way you would have hoped. But yeah, I mean, your first four draft picks are guys that and you know. Not all your draft picks are going to be guys who contribute day one, but when none of them, like when none of the guys you picked are able to help this team and your team needs help in some of these positions, it's it's a bad look. But um, all right, enough ranting. Uh, we think we did just about everything on here. It was, I mean, we got everything topic. out. Yeah, let's get to that like, topic. Can I also just, I'm going to say one, Go one last thing about this. We're all, you know why Kyle Shannon is to blame a lot more? Because we're writing about the offense and not the defense. Kyle Shannon's an offensive guy. Yeah. The offense should and be that, doing better. And we're not ready yeah, about the, the defense. The defense has looked what I thought the defense would look. I mean, you have a stacked front seven, secondary, meh. They've been decent, if I'm being real. I mean, Dante Johnson, I know I ba- I know we all like to bash on Dante Johnson. He's looked somewhat decent. Not great. Even with our, even with our concerns, the secondary hasn't really been the issue. Like defense has still been fine, even with the injured secondary. But yeah, like you're like you're saying, like when it's year five, Kyle, and you're supposed to be held as this offensive genius, the offensive mastermind, and your offense is the reason you're not winning games. And your offense has never looked good, by the way, when you're here. Like the one time your offense did look good is when your offense was like 2019. Right now, that's the outlier year. That's not the that's not the rule, that's the exception. Like, that's not who you are. That's just what happened to happen one of these years when you just lucked up. Like, like show us that that wasn't an accident, that that year wasn't an outlier. Because right now you're not doing it. Like, right now it looks like that was a one-off and, you know, you're not the guy that we thought you were. And I'm hoping that's not the case. I'm, I, obviously, I'm not I'm not calling for his head. Some people are. I, I mean, maybe this could just be a, just like a, what do you call it? It's like a, like a one-off kind of year. Just Maybe he's just in a slump. 
you know, is, is I don't know. That, that's the thing. Is a coach slump a thing? I don't know. Hope maybe it is. I mean, it's 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 not a slump if it's been going on for, I mean, the past two seasons and then a break and then another two seasons. That's not really a slump. That's just like that. That's just like you're not a good coach. Then you get a quick hot streak and then you fall off again. It's so hard too. It's hard because the first two years, first year you don't hold them against them because it's it's a rebuilding year. Second year, Jimmy tears his ACO. He's gone for you know the whole season. 2019, you know, your first full season where you have your quarterback, you know, starting the entire season. The majority of your roster stays healthy and you go 13 and three into a Super Bowl. And then, you know, the next season you get devastated by injuries again. Like, I can, like, it's easy to make the excuses because so many unfortunate things have happened in, you know, three of these last four seasons. But this one is like, this year is different because you drafted Trey Lance to be able to play if Jimmy Garoppolo either got hurt or wasn't performing well. And Trey Lance played, and, and you still couldn't, you know, get it done with a guy you handpicked. And your offense is healthy enough. Ayuk's out there. Debo's out there. Trent Sherfield's out there. I know Kittle's not, but he was out there for four, for four of the first five games. Your defense has been playing well. Like there, there isn't really a whole lot this year that you can excuse him for. The first four, the first, you know, three of those first four seasons, you kind of get it. A lot of injuries, a lot of not having your guy. But this year is different. This year is different. They got to find a way to turn it around. All right, let's get to that part. How do they write the ship? You know, going forward, we're at the bye week now. That maybe some time to reflect, some time to think about it, some time to make some improvements. How do they fix this going forward so that this season isn't a lost season? I think right now, if you look at, I mean, as you said, we have a bye this week, and we are fortunate to have a bye this early this year. I mean, this team is right now, I, I don't see this team making the playoffs right now. I think you need to have this bye to make sure that you were, the way, sorry, let me rephrase. I think this team can still make the playoffs, but the way this team is playing right now, this team cannot make the playoffs. I think you need this time to reflect, and this is a big it's a big reflection week. Right now you have, after this, you have Indy, who I know Indy's struggling, but still it's a primetime game. Indy has a decent defense. Still, it's still a decent game. Chicago, they're all right. Doesn't really, I mean, it'll be an interesting game as well. And then after that, you got Arizona. Then you got the Rams. Then you got Jacksonville. That should be, if we don't beat Jacksonville, then something's wrong. And then you got, I mean, the schedule, it's schedule is just like, it's, it's a bit of up and down. Minnesota's not that great after, so. It's 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 nice to have a bit of reflective time and just look for it. And I think the best thing you need to do is just look at what you have right now. Who's going to give us the best chance to win games? Uh, right now, I think that's Trey Lance. Right now, I think that's Brandon Ayuk. Right now, I think that's Diomedor Lenore. Trey Sermon, I think you should get him in. Doesn't need to be the workhorse, but you should get him in a little bit. He's going to give us a good chance to win games. And I also think it's a good week to reflect on I, we were talking about it a bit earlier, like who are the guys that have been really struggling this year? Aaron Banks and Ambry Thomas are two guys. I think it's a good week to maybe reflect on that. See what you can do to help those guys out. See what you, if you can develop any of your guys, because we're going to need some guys to come in and step it up soon. So at the end of the day, I definitely think it's really just looking at what's going on. What can I do better to be a better coach for Kyle Shanahan and for all the coaches, actually? How can I coach better? How can the coaches coach better? How can the players stop their mistakes? They've made a few mistakes. I know last week, as I said, holding penalties, drop balls. How can we fix that? How can we fix the mental errors here? Injuries, how do we deal with the injuries? We act, we still don't have Kittle back. Obviously, you have Jason Brett out for the year. That was week one. We should have we should have figured that out by now. If we haven't, then someone's wrong. But Kittle's out for a bit. Garoppolo's out for a bit. I think that's an easy fix. You obviously put in the better quarterback in Trey Lance. But I think it's just really a reflection of time of what's going to give this team the best chance to win going forward. I think that's the best thing for the buy, and you need to like sit back, take some reflection time. And the buy, the buy week, in my opinion, is bigger for the coaches and the players because I think coaching has really cost us this year. The play on the field's been, yeah, I went not phenomenal. It's been decent. Defense has been phenomenal. Offense has been meh. But the coaching has not been good. I think it's really a big week for the coaches. Just look at what they have, what they can do better to win and what to do with this team moving forward. 
to write the ship, the first thing that, that needs to happen is committing to Trey Lance. That's, that's, that's the first thing. And I think that's the consensus amongst a lot of people is to commit to Trey Lance. The second thing that needs to happen is start finding more ways to get the ball into the hands of your playmakers. Let's start getting Ayuk involved in games. Let's get him some screens. Let's get him some easy touches where he can, you know, make a, you know, make a catch or just make a play and get him, put him in position to make a play, you know. And that's what he's done when he's had a chance to get the ball in his hands. Start, you know, getting the ball in his hands so he can start, you know, making some plays and helping and helping this offense out, uh, you know, throughout the game. And, you know, third, just, I, you know, I'm not a coach. I don't know how you go about this. But the coaches need to find a way to, you know, regain that discipline and regain and find a way to kind of sharpen the execution of this team and offense because it hasn't been there. Um, you know, he, he, this offense has been struggling and they really shouldn't be. So, and, and that falls, that first fall, you know, falls on the coaching. They got to find, they got to, Stop putting in guys like Travis Benjamin, who you just called up, you know, like a day oh, before yeah, the game. That, oh, my have, goodness. Have him playing over Benjamin guys over like Trevor Field, guys like Brendan Ayuk. Like, let's let's stop doing that. Let's start getting, let's start getting, you know, Trey Sermon more involved. Let's start running the ball more with these guys. Um, um, as far as Lance goes, let's run the 49er offense. You know, like, let's, like, let's not go to the college like running quarterback kind of offense like run your offense Kyle like you, you drafted Lance because you believe that he can he can run your offense like let's run your offense let's get back to the motion let's get back to some of the play action let's get back to the bootlegs some of the some of the easy throws that you give Jimmy let's get some of that for Trey to get things going get him into a rhythm like there was really none of that in this Arizona game like there wasn't really a whole plan to really help him and take some pressure off of him they put a lot on his plate but it's kind of like you know, let's try to help him out a bit more. If you do, you know, if you when we when we when we do decide to start Trey Lance as a guy going forward, and defense has been fine. Like I have confidence in the defense right now. Like defense hasn't been an issue. It's really just the offense and the coaching of the offense and the execution of the offense, and really just the offense. So offense has to get fixed, and for that to happen, you got to commit to a quarterback, and that quarterback should be Trey Lance. You know, for multiple reasons. And from there, you just start to really work out the kinks, you know, get the execution back where it should be. Um, play your best players on offense and get the ball in their hands. And then this team should be able to rally and at the very least get to the playoffs. So that that's, that's yeah, I think where, that's where I'm at. Exactly. I think I mean you just gotta figure it out. If you to put it shortly, you just gotta figure out what's going on, what you can do to improve. I mean, yeah, as Tavares says right there, Kyle's the one to blame. What happened to running? Where's Sherfield? The only guy who had connection with Lance in the preseason. And that's that's kind of why I brought up the Jimmy point later. When, when Trent Sherfield went to the first team with Jimmy Garoppolo, we saw nothing coming out of him after that. That's why I think Lance should be in. Lance has a better connection with these receivers. It just makes a lot more sense to get the guys in with IU. What do you want to say that? Just get him in, get him in the game, period. Like, oh, yeah, no, exactly. Just like, get them in like the game. Sherfield, like, reportedly outperformed, you know, Ayuk. So, where is he at? If that's the case, you I know? mean, and but I'm just gonna go back to the Travis Benjamin point you made. Travis Benjamin's on the practice squad and is getting more reps than the two guys that had the best training camp. And the guys, I mean, he's getting more reps than besides Debo Samuel, he's getting more reps than our top, like, than two of our top three receivers. That doesn't make sense. Tra Travis Benjamin is a guy that got cut and is on the practice squad, and we pulled up because we needed an extra receiver. I thought he was going to be a returner at the least. At, at the most, yeah, I, I thought mean, he was going to be a returner or just a body in case yeah. he got hurt. But no, they actually played him in the first quarter. I'm like, why is he out there? I mean, but, I don't get it. Oh, and speaking of the returning game, like, can we open that up a bit more, please? I know, I know I it's kind of hard to do, but like, I don't know what, I don't know what that the solution for that is. I don't know. I exactly. Uh, I guess this is, let's get to a non-Niner question. Who do you think is the league MVP so far? That's hard because there are. I mean, I think it's going to be I a quarterback, would... obviously, but I don't know which one because Josh Allen's playing well. 
Herbert's playing really well. Lamar Jackson's playing really well. Kyler Murray's playing really well. I think I got to go with it's, – it's, it's between Josh Allen and Kyler Murray, I think. I would probably go Josh Allen. I oh, you know who? Herbert. It could be Dak Prescott as well. Oh yeah, Dak's playing really well too. I forgot all about that. The Cowboys that. have been playing really well. I mean, there's a lot. There I are saw a lot of quarterbacks playing some really good football right now. There are a lot of quarterbacks playing good football. Yeah. Wait, let me look at this. Uh, Br. I know Br. Gridiron tweeted something out that they said the the one thing that shocked me was they said. Um, Mac Jones, offensive rookie of the year. I mean, that'll change what? at some point. That'll change. Uh, but no, I they said Dak was no, they said MVP was Josh Allen, comeback player of the year, Dak Prescott. I think Dak could be MVP. Um, I yeah, at the end of the day, I think you're looking at Josh Allen probably as the MVP, rookie of the year. I think I'd go with Jamar Chase at this point for offense, defense. It's funny the, the talk before. Regular season. Oh, he can't catch. He can't catch anything. He's he, he's not gonna make it. And oh yeah, no. And then he stepped it up. Someone cracked. Now he's the best rookie receiver. You know that. Right hey, now, you so. know what? That's what happens when you trust your first round picks, Kyle Shanahan. They step it up. That Kyle not like Ayuk's approach to how he wanted to return punts. <sighs> I don't, get I don't it, think man. that's it. Uh, I I don't know what Ayuk did. I don't know if maybe he like just left the front door open or something or maybe he forgot to let the dogs out um maybe he, <laughs> like it's yesterday maybe he called shanahan's hat ugly or maybe he said Lil wayne is trash i don't know what i you did if he but, said Lil wayne's trash then i think he deserves to get benched no come on <laughs> i i i can respect kyle shanahan's decision <laughs> for that. Uh, yeah. all right um I think that'll do it for us. Yeah, Lance. That's all I got. Yeah, I mean, we I let mean, it. We, we only. I mean, we hope the Niners make the wild card because I mean, if you have to play that, you know, Nickelodeon wild card game, that means they made the playoffs. So I'm down with that. And only one person, one player in NFL history has won the MVP, and that's Mitch Trubisky. So if Lance is the second, I don't know how that's you go. That's an elite company right there. That's that is elite company. Only two guys win it, and, and Lance would be one of them. That would be insane. I mean, at that point, he's a Hall of Famer. I don't know. I don't know how you can dispute exactly. that. But yeah, that's all I got. We let it out. We let it all out. Kyle I mean, Shannon better watch people this. Who, I know the people who are upset, the people are upset about this team. I don't understand why this team is not performing to the level that any of us wanted to, any of us expected. So and this frustration and you know this aggressiveness towards this team is warranted. And I I, I hope that no one has a problem with this because you're we're two and three. Like who should be happy about us being two and three? Hopefully no one. But yeah, well, you know, we, we had to let some some thoughts out. Um just kind of just say what's on our mind. Next week we'll get into the pregame. Uh we'll hear more news on which quarterback might be playing, or maybe we won't. We'll we'll see. Kyle is known to be a, a liar at these press conferences, but uh we're going to get out of here. Uh, make sure you guys, if you're watching the YouTube channel, you've seen the, the thing, the entire epi- you know, episode. If you haven't liked and subscribed yet, I don't know what you're doing. It's been top right of your screen the entire time. Uh, let's go ahead and do that, please. Hey, Kobe's almost um, at 100 subs. Let's get him to 100. Yeah, I'm at 88. So if you're if you're watching on Sam's channel, just go ahead and hop over uh, to my channel. Um, just if you're on Kobe's name, channel, Kobe. hop to my channel. I've been losing don't subs do for some reason. I don't know. He doesn't, need stuff, I do. he doesn't need them. I do. Um, no, I need sub sure too. Let's give me the five hundred. Well. Make sure you sub to Sam as well if you haven't done that. Um, as far as my, the podcast goes, um, if you would like to catch us live, our YouTube channels are in the description of the podcast episode. You can you can find those there. Even if you don't watch live, just go ahead and hit the sub button anyway because you do watch Talking Niners, and we would like you to be able you know to help us out. And if you help us out, we can help you guys out throughout the year um i'm trying to think maybe i might do a giveaway 100 subs just to make it a little more enticing for people what we really? anything big but you get something free i mean i'll think about it but yeah make sure if you're listening to the, the uh, podcast make sure you uh, subscribe and follow and if you're on apple Podcasts, make sure you rate and review give us the good old five stars because we are five star quality anyway that will do it for us thank you guys and support so twitter as Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. Follow us on Twitter. Uh, if you're 
listen to the pause in the description. If you're watching the show, it's on the screen. Right. So, yeah, yeah, just uh, that right there. Yeah, right there. All right. That'll do it for us. Thank you guys for watching and listening. We will see you guys next week with a preview, pregame, whatever you want to call it, of the Coats game. And we'll see you then. As always, go Niners. See ya. Yes. Yes. Oh, yeah. WinBet Sportsbook again? Yeah, man. Want to get in on these bets with me? Okay, fine. Just signed up. Yes. See? WinBet. Told you. Sign up at winbet.com today using promo code BLUEWIRE to get up to $1,000 toward a risk-free sports bet. That's W-Y-N-N-BET and promo code BLUEWIRE. Offer subject to change terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where play-through winbet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700.